0: You're listening to Oak City Move, a new podcast from 88.1 WKNC, highlighting people doing positive things in Raleigh. For more information about podcasts, please go to WKNCPodcasts.com and follow us on SoundCloud at WKNC881. For a full listing of WKNC podcasts, please check us out on the iTunes store. Enjoy listening. WKNC 88.1 Raleigh. My name is Fionn.
1: My name is Sarah.
0: And we are bringing you a brand new show that, well, yes, it's starting today. This is our pilot, is that pilot inaugural show? Yeah. So we're called the Oak City Move. What are we going to be covering, Sarah?
1: Well, we're going to be covering people in our community that are underrepresented groups and marginalized peoples um, and how they're trying to make our community a better place and solve the issues within it.
0: In the, in the wake of all the bad news that's been coming out and the lack of solutions that seem to be out there, we hope to highlight all the people who are doing positive things and enacting change, especially people who are based out of North Carolina. We are also planning on featuring music that addresses social issues, inspires people, and anything like that. So if you have suggestions, you can call 919-515-0881 or 919-515-2400. We also have lots of social media and we'll be checking it throughout the show. So if you have a comment or if you want to make a suggestion, anything like that, feel free to either shoot us an email at oakcitymove at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter. It's at oakcitymove. We'd love to hear feedback from you because like we said, this is our first show and we've never done anything like this before. Let's talk about why we started the show. I'm going to talk to you first, Sarah, okay. about like what made you want to get into this. So give me some background about yourself.
1: Okay, uh, so like fiance, my name is Sarah. I am a freshman here at NC State. I am double majoring in social work and Arabic, and I also work at Technician as assistant news editor. Um, I'm also Muslim and Arab American, so those identities of mine influence a lot of my background and my personal views. And working at the Technician, I found that While we were covering a lot of local issues and issues on campus, there weren't really any pieces that came out that were solutions based, which is often the case with a bunch of media outlets. So we were thinking, you know, why not instead of just report about all the bad things that are happening and how our community is affected, come up with sort of a medium for people to find uh, inspiration on how to um, combat issues in our community and showcase people that are doing good work.
0: So what are some particular issues that are important to you?
1: So uh, I'm personally a feminist, so I'm really big on the women's rights movement, um, not only in the United States, but internationally. Civil rights are also really important to me. Um, Generally, just equality for all, whether you are an African-American, LGBTQ, Muslim, any person in America deserves to be heard and to be respected. And I'm a very strong believer in that. So just generally supporting those that don't feel like they have a voice in our community. That's really big for me.
0: Keeping those things in mind, what do you hope to accomplish with the show? And what are some things that you're going to try to avoid doing with this show?
1: Uh, Like I said, in the media, they often just sort of paint the picture of the issues that are going on. Um, And there tends to be a lot of uh, blaming of various political parties and sides and things like that. But for this show, we want to make it more about the solutions than... Uh, pointing fingers at to who's at fault and things like that. So really with this show, just having a more a solutions-based practice and just focus, focusing on the positives and just sort of how we can do uh, what we can to help out those that need it.
0: So do you have any concerns about doing the show? What's been on your mind about this?
1: Uh, I'm personally a pretty liberal person, but... When we do things like that, we want to include. We want to include everyone in this narrative. So, if you ever have a concern that you feel we aren't addressing, like Fionn said earlier, you can feel free to reach out to us at our email or on our Facebook or our Twitter. But we definitely want to include uh, people from all walks of life and all backgrounds in our narratives when we're talking about various social issues and solutions that that can be found to these issues. So. Just including everyone in this narrative um, will probably be one of the biggest concerns for me.
0: How do you feel your values and your background are going to contribute to the show and make it, make it yours?
1: So like I said, I'm Muslim. I'm Arab-American. So being those identities has definitely shaped my experience as an American person. Um, I've also lived abroad in Egypt for a very long time. So that also uh, shapes my sort of worldview when I came to the United States Um, I sort of had a different outlook having lived um, in another country and seeing the differences both socially, culturally, economically, and all that. So having had those backgrounds, I can understand where um, other minorities are coming from when they feel underrepresented or that their voices aren't being heard. Um, But at the same time, I think it's important that I recognize my privilege, even to just be living in the United States, that in of itself is a privilege. So uh, I think taking into account both my uh, status as a minority and as a privileged American, those intertwined will really shape the way I see the world and the way I see issues going on in our community.
0: So what's the thing that you're most excited about for what we're
1: doing? So I'm really excited to learn about all the solutions that people in our community have for issues that are going on. Um, A lot of the time, good work that people are doing is overlooked sort of just swept under the rug, you know, you talk about an issue, really hype it up like, oh, this sucks or whatever, but you don't really talk about the ways to fix this issue, you know. Whereas with this show, hopefully we're going to be highlighting all the good work that people are doing and that they hope to do to improve the livelihoods of people in our community. So I'm super excited about all that.
0: Well, thanks for answering all those questions. Again, my name is Fionn.
1: My name is Sarah.
0: And we've also got Taha Arif here, who is coming with the NC State Cypher. He'll be doing some live stuff and answering some questions for us a little later on in the show. So that'll be really exciting. But for now, we're going to continue on with our introduction to the show, which is the Oak City Move, uh, highlighting positive people who are doing good things for our communities here in North Carolina.
1: And so before the break, Fian asked me a bunch of questions about... Um how my identity sort of shaped the show and like what I wanted to see out of this but I think it's our turn now to ask her some questions so Fionn tell me a little bit about yourself
0: before I tell you about myself Taha do you want to introduce yourself you can pop in and out whenever you want yeah. but also he's got like a pen and paper in front of him doing some design things so you do your thing too
2: um yeah I'm working on a design for a competition for this weekend hi my name is Taha <laughs> I'm a senior at this wonderful school I want to thank Fionn and Sarah for having me on today um, you guys are in for a treat. Um, we'll have some special guests from the North Carolina State University cypher be coming through. And uh, we'll show you guys what we love to do. And that is uh, improvised slam poetry, also known as freestyle rapping. So, um, yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Well, excited to hear you and learn about your endeavors. So, yeah. All right. So, but
1: what was the question? Oh, so I was going to ask you, Fionn, tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: So my name is Fionn. I've been working at WKNC since my freshman year, which was four years ago now. Exciting. Old, old. <laughs> I'm graduating in December and I've been studying agricultural business management with this minor in sustainable energy. Yeah, that was kind of a new thing, primarily because I don't know anything about agriculture, really. So I wanted to go <laughs> in. I, w- I was going to do business, but I figured, you know, you can learn about business just by doing it. But the likelihood of me just like going out and randomly learning about agriculture and ag policy without really going out there and like having to delve into the books by myself and it's been cool cuz there are a lot of people who don't think exactly like me and that's something that I got tired of after a while you know all my friends I love everybody but after a while you know the facebook algorithms and the news and and everyone you know they start saying the same things and kind of got to the point where felt like we were all just sitting in a circle agreeing with each other so it's, it's kind of cool going into this major where a lot of people don't necessarily share the same world we, views with me so that's been cool and that's something that I've been really trying to work on getting out and listening to other people and trying to understand where they're coming from and asking them more questions and spewing myself out there you know
1: so you said your your sorry your major is ag business. Um. So how does that really influence the kind of things you're interested in, or tie along with the things we're planning to do in this show?
0: Well, ooh, good question. That's a tough question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, ag, ag was something I, you know, growing up I wasn't like mm, I'm gonna study agriculture, but <laughs> now that I've been taking the classes, it's it really ties into. A lot of things you know the way that america subsidizes certain foods that's the reason that we eat so much wheat-based and corn-based product it's because of the way that the government subsidizes that food and that contributes to a lot of health issues and that's what i'm interested in long term i'm planning on going and getting my master's in public health someday and and that addresses it's so interdisciplinary and it addresses things like hunger poverty food deserts uh, things like diabetes and food really ties into that. And the way that we enact our policies also affects other countries. You know, so when the government subsidizes things like wheat and corn and rice here, then other countries can't compete with our prices, our subsidized prices. And the people there who rely on farming, you know, they can't sell their food to other markets, you know, because they can't outcompete us. And that contributes to poverty in other countries. But relating it back to the show right now, what I really wanted to do, you know, long term, maybe I'll go focus on some global issues but right now I wanted to really focus at home and see the things that people are doing in North Carolina especially with all the you know there's been a lot of negative attention on North Carolina this past year this past couple of years and it kind of overshadows all the really great things and the really great people that I've been able to learn about here and my actually oh that's wow everything well everything in my life just ties all together my <laughs> aunt the other day was talking to me what did she say? She said something like, not verbatim, but she was basically like, Don't go out trying to make, you know, the world a beautiful and better place. And like, I mean, do it, but when you do that, don't forget about all the great things that you have at home already. So that's that's another reason that really made me want to do this.
1: Yeah, we've definitely gotta fix things from the inside out. Um but going off of that, you already mentioned mentioned a couple of issues that You're really interested in, um, are there any others that you're super passionate about or that you want to uh, address while you're on the show?
0: I think my newest and like my realest passion has been public health and, you know, community building. And I didn't know that until a year ago when I went to Switchpoint Conference, which we have a story on that later today. Actually, let's pause and talk about what we are going to be doing today and who we're going to be talking to. So do you want to start?
1: Yeah, sure. So today, um, obviously, we're gonna be talking to Taha, like we said, and uh, NC State Cipher. Um, but in addition, we're gonna be talking to Carolina Conexiones, um, and they're a volunteer program that works with the uh, North Carolina Children's Hospital, and they work with Spanish-speaking patients to sort of break the barriers that um, that Spanish-speaking patients often face in the medical system.
2: Uh, Qué bueno. <laughs>
0: Yes, and I actually know Nalini, she's going to be the one who's coming and talking to us. I ran into her at a conference last week and she just told me about all the cool stuff. So, she's going to be the very first person here and I've God, I'm so excited to see her. She's
1: awesome. <laughs> so many conferences. So, what was what are like the the like conferences you referenced, the um, Switchpoint 1 and the one that you met Nalini at?
0: So, Switchpoint is what really kicked everything off for me. Uh, I I really happened upon it on accident i saw this flyer or no my friend forwarded me this flyer last year to a symposium here at state talking about obstetric fistula and i had no idea what that was it's crazy uh and it's i don't know it's kind of early and people are kind of graphic just waking yeah. up it's a little graphic but whatever life is graphic <laughs> <laughs> essentially women give birth and a lot of the times in uh lower income countries they don't have the health care that they need or they're they're having children really early before their bodies are fully developed. And so it causes tearing when they give birth. And that causes all kinds of other medical issues. And it's, it's really horrible because it causes really unnecessary deaths and all has all these other negative consequences. And the woman has to live like this and it negatively affects her life in so many ways. But I had no idea what it was. And I went to that conference, learned about that and was opened up to this whole other world. Uh, Laura Homeki from... Intrahealth she was one of the people who spoke on this panel about fistula and mentioned switchpoint cuz switchpoint is put on by Intrahealth so she mentioned that conference and i thought her her work in public health was awesome cuz i also didn't know that public health was even a field at that point this was almost this is it's almost been a year since that happened but it really did change my life learning about that career path i had no idea what it was i kind of Had the idea that, you know, unless you're a doctor or a medical person, you can't work in health was the idea that I had. I never really looked into it. And so I just kind of gave up on that path and was like, I'm just going to go into business and work in an office and just make some money. And
3: then
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was fine. I mean, I was okay with that at that point, because I was like, you know, there are still good things you can do in a company. You know, you can still work in sustainability, that kind of stuff. But it wasn't really like. And I still, I loved it. It was cool. And I had some good experiences there. But learning that public health was even a thing and that I could tie together all all the different topics that I cared about and did in my extracurricular time from that, she sounded like she was doing everything that I would love to do. So I asked her if I could have coffee with her. We went. She told me more about Switchpoint. And I managed to get a press pass for WKNC. It was awesome. She let me come to Switchpoint and cover it for KNC. So Got lots of sound It's got a story together, which we're going to be airing again later today. Um, yeah, but Switchpoint is a very inter- interdisciplinary conference that they called it an unconference because it was so casual and it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, I think a lot of conferences I've been to for other things have been uptight and really formal and kind of unnatural, you know, you like, you know that you're there to network and you know, everyone's very like stiff. This one was casual.
2: Was it free? Did you have to pay?
0: Uh. I, so it costs money, but I was able to get a press pass through Laura for WKNC. So I got, was incredibly lucky with that. And
2: for those students who, you know, can't, have, don't have the luxury of getting a press pass, the university offers funding for you to go to conferences like that to exercise your voice and engage in those, um, the exchange of narratives out there. So
0: I did not know that. That's awesome. Do you know how they can find out more about this scholarship?
2: You should probably talk to your department heads about it, but um, if, especially if you're a student, send out emails. I know that's the best. That's the only way I get anything um, that I want anymore. Um, I don't know of any direct funds. direct um, I don't know of any places you can get that funding directly, but um, definitely ask people to pull some strings for you because you never know until you ask.
0: (laughs) Exactly. See, if I had never asked about this, and I was kind of scared. I I was talking to my mom about it. I was like, I don't know if I'm like, if I even should ask about a press pass. They don't even have anything about that on their website. Like, I might be overstepping. And my mom's been so inspirational, but she's always like, no, just go ask. It's exactly like you said, you can't get what you want until you ask. And she's really pushed me to, to, you know.
2: Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. And um, this is something that I've definitely gone through. But You know, we're the three of us, we're minorities. Um, How often do you feel that you have to kind of force your composure just to not be abrasive to, you know, the majority of um, people in the United States? You know, a lot of times people will tell people like us who are being vocal, who are trying to, you know, incite change within our communities to kind of settle back down, move back to the wayside, and say a microaggression occurs and s- sometimes you're having a bad day and that microaggression is just happens to be that tipping point how often do you feel like you really have to control your emotions because not only do you represent yourself and your family you represent the entirety of your minority in the eyes of the majority
1: that's a really great question um personally for me it's less of you know getting angry at people it's more of like i'm just tired you know tired of having to explain myself and explain why I do things the way I do. Um, and just explaining my background, my history. Um, but I think it's, personally for me, I think it's really important to remember, you know, that education is really the biggest way to get through to people. Even not like in the traditional sense, you know, like going to school and all that. Um, but even just through things like this, like this show, just sort of saying what you have to say, listening to people's questions, even if you like get exasperated, you're like, oh, this is like, you know such an offensive question or whatever, you know just sort of go with it and um just really be open to what people have to say and respect people's ideas and things like that because too they don't come from the background that you do so really just being aware of things like that and just trying to educate people in any medium that you can um whether it be formal or informal yeah so like, like i said i'm muslim uh i am i do wear the hijab so like all the time i get people asking me questions like that And sometimes they can be a bit, um, how should I put this? They can be a bit uh, forthcoming, you know, and I'll be like, kind of taken aback like, oh, come on, dude, you can't ask me that. (laughs) Um, But then I have to take a step back sort of from myself and remember that, um, especially in the United States, even though it's such a diverse country, there are people in this country that haven't experienced a Muslim person before that haven't experienced people Muslim
2: experience. Ooh yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Middle Eastern music plays. (laughs) But yeah, like they haven't been around people that are outside of their own culture. So just sort of taking into account the fact that most people don't they usually mean well, you know? Um and when they have that sort of Muslim experience or that encounter or whatever, they learn from that. And so when the next time they meet a Muslim person, they're more like, oh, I remember that girl. She was pretty cool, you know. So just sort of being open to what other people have to say and their questions, and just sort of keeping in mind that it's always there's always a good learning experience in there somewhere.
2: Yeah, especially if somebody who's you know been isolated from this whole um, melting pot of culture, mm-hmm. you know, they're raised to believe one thing. They're raised having only experienced you know maybe one or two, three kinds of races. When in reality. There's so much out there in the world and I feel like a lot of people can easily pass a judgment on anything that they see as different and write it off as weird, um, as oppressive as just a variety of connotations that come to mind when in reality, like you said, we need to educate.
1: Yeah. And then it's really interesting too, because that can go both ways. Cause a lot of people, I mean, in the United States, it's a bit of a different idea, but a lot of people assume, you know, oh, you're part of a minority group. So you're automatically like super liberal, super accepting, um, when in reality, I mean, people in minority groups, too, like, just because you're Muslim or Asian or LGBTQ doesn't give you, like, a free pass to understanding other minority groups. Um, so even if you don't consider yourself to be part of a majority, being open to other cultures and other ideas that you might not necessarily know a whole lot about, that's just always a really big thing um, I think that people need to keep in mind, um, And just always be willing to listen and answer questions and things like that. I think is really important and essential to the education experience.
0: Yeah, and I'd agree. And your your original question was, do can you restate it, Taha? Um, Do you feel
2: like you have to force your composure to not be abrasive?
0: And yeah, I think for me, so I'm a Vietnamese American, and I didn't really start. I mean, I knew that they were there, but they didn't become something that I was actively fighting about until the past two years and you know the, the stereotype of the uh what is it the obedient docile asian quiet asian girls you know who like yeah. won't fight you about things
2: you were not quiet <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure.
1: That's why she's on the show it? Huh? <laughs>
0: um, love you beyond <laughs> yeah so if anything that's the stereotype that people would have but i've never felt and i'm obviously very lucky to be this way but i've And I think my mom raised me this way, but like I'm not afraid to step on toes if what I'm fighting for is what I feel is right. Of course I'm going to listen. That's one thing I've been, like I said, I've been working on, you know, uh, engaging people in conversation. Because I think when, when you silo yourself into a hole of people who agree with you, you know, no progress is made. You have to get out there and... I mean, it's good to have support. The support of people initially, but change is made when you go out there into communities and talk to them. So, but it, it goes both ways, you know. I, if I'm completely silent about what I think is right, and I pick and choose my battles, I'm not going to come up to someone and, you know, like, go at it. But if they're like explicitly doing or saying something wrong, or like, <clears throat> I genu- they genuinely just like don't know. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna say something.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it it is important to be vocal. Um, but the moment that you and like, please, you know, call in and let us know if this is something you've experienced before. But if the moment that you might try to confront somebody about something they said, a microaggression that occurred or anything like that, it can if you take it in a very confrontational manner, that person will put their wall up their barrier and it, a true exchange of ideas and um, perspective will not truly occur. And I think that's one of the toughest parts about, you know, being a minority. And when I say force your composure to not be abrasive, it's funny because that's like the chorus of the song I'm writing right now. But anyway, (laughs) um, when you, the moment that you are abrasive or that person thinks that you're getting a bit confrontational or you're getting a bit defensive, it can immediately, you know, hinder any kind of progress that you were going to make in terms of helping that person see your perspective as well as them seeing... Our perspective i've been called out you know by um conservative friends of mine and it's very difficult for sure because i definitely feel how it can i definitely am guilty of not listening sometimes and i think those of us who are not you know with the silent majority can just be as guilty of that as the other side i think that's something we should remember
0: right that's one thing i'm not here to you know everyone's always saying on either side's People are always shoving their opinions down my throat. I'm not here to shove my opinion down your throat. But if you want to have like a logical, you know, fact based conversation, I mean, I'm not going to not answer questions (laughs) about if people actually want to learn about something, you know, or if I want to learn about something, I think it's, it's conversational. It's not no one's forcing you to agree with me. And I don't think that argument, I think argument is great. It doesn't need to end in people agreeing with each other. But I think it's a great way to explore other people's opinions. Um, Any other questions for me or anything like that?
1: Uh, I guess the final question would be one that you asked me earlier. What do you hope to achieve with the show and what are some concerns you have?
0: Well, I hope to give a voice to the people and like a a venue for people to talk about the great things that they're doing here in the state and that's that's really my main thing. I'm trying to, I don't have the answers for for so many issues that we're facing here, but there are so many people who do. And I want to give them that microphone. I want to be able to explore what they're doing, you know, learn about what's working for them and what's not. Because I think when you listen to other people's ideas, you know, we can all come together and just make even better ones. And uh, I'm, I'm ready for some learning about some positive things happening. And
2: building off of that, you just pretty much described fostering an exchange of narratives. And I think that's a great plug for the Cypher because that's exactly what the Cypher is. Um, and uh, I guess, how do you guys want to guide this conversation from here?
0: Well, to, to ask answer the other part of that, what are my concerns? Well, I'm just going to really try to stay um, as unbiased as I can, you know, explore every side of the questions. I've, I love arguing. I love playing <laughs> devil's advocate. Whether or not I believe in something truly in, in my core, you know, I like to ask the opposite questions just to see what people are going to say and see if they've, you know, I, I like to do that. And that kind of steps on people's toes. So that's one concern, stepping on toes. I know earlier I said, I don't care about that, but I, I want to make sure that I'm being, um, I'm thinking about all the sides when I do this. And so it, call, call us out. If you feel that we're doing something Incorrectly, or you feel like there's something that we could be doing better, please call us 919 515 0881. Tweet at us, it's Oak City, Mo- Oak City Move on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Facebook, but contact us. We want to hear from you and hear suggestions from you. So we're going to cut to a song now. Uh, we've got People from Carolina Conexiones. They do some awesome things in the community. And so we hope you stick around. We've also got the NC State Cipher going to perform later. That's why Taha's here. And Kanchi Gandhi, who's also working on the show with us, has brought us a file so we can play our switchpoint story. So we've got a packed show for you today. So stick around. You're listening to Oak City Move, WKNC 88.1 FM. I am Fion, and I'm here on the Oak City Move with Carolina Conexiones and Sarah Darwish. Would you like to introduce yourselves?
4: Absolutely. Hello, everyone. My name is Nalini Perez de Silva. I'm a senior bio major at Carolina. I'm one of the co-direction, co-directors for Carolina Conexiones. And my name is Holly Osgun.
5: I'm a junior health policy and management major at UNC and the other co-director for Carolina Conexiones, which is a volunteer organization at UNC Hospitals.
4: So we are a group of bilingual navigators in the Pediatric Specialty Clinic of Carolina Hospitals. So essentially, Spanish-speaking families come in, and we interpret for them with the receptionists and with the nurses, um, navigate them around to different parts of the hospital, um, and essentially just kind of try to act as a liaison for um, Spanish-speaking communities um, and families and the staff of UNC hospitals.
5: Yeah, our overall goal is just to improve the experiences of Spanish-speaking families when they come to UNC hospitals. We know it can be a super overwhelming experience and a really important one. And uh, we're just trying to kind of lower some of those
1: barriers to healthcare that these families face. Well, welcome. So, how did the organization sort of get started?
4: So, a wonderful woman named Claudia Rojas, um, she is a, a staff at UNC Hospitals, and she's also a mom um, who came from Colombia. 20 years ago. So she came to UNC hospitals with her two children um, while they were very young and had a direct barrier. She could not talk to a lot of the staff, um, but she was just there to get, you know, health care for her children. So she's always had this idea in the back of her mind. Um, and last fall of 2015, she kind of decided that she wanted to do something about it. So she partnered with Dr. Corey Flower, a pediatrician at Carolina Hospital, and together, they wrote up a grant and decided that they wanted to start a program um, that would help families and have um, some kind of interpreter for them as they navigated through the clinic.
1: Well, that's really cool. So, I guess my question is now: like, what's sort of the process that? So, say you're um, a patient that wants to go to this hospital. You don't really speak English. You're more you speak Spanish as your main language. What um, What are the steps that you have to take to sort of collaborate with your organization?
5: Right. So we have a list of the Spanish-speaking patients who are scheduled to come in that day. And so we are ready to be waiting for them in the waiting room. And we'll approach these families and offer our services. It's always a choice for them whether or not they would like a navigator to accompany them. Um, But we tell them who we are, how we can help them communicate, the resources we can help connect them to, and offer our services. And if they say, yes, I would love to be accompanied by a navigator today, then we walk through the clinic with them. Um, first, we go to check in and we help them to update any liability forms or insurance information, um, confirm their appointment time. Then we head to the waiting room with them. And we usually have about 15 minutes to talk um, and get an idea of what resources we can connect them with, whether it be something as small as getting a note for their child to be missing school that day. Or something bigger like connecting them to a financial counselor or even figuring out how they're going to make it to their next appointment on time. And after that, we head back to triage with the nurse. um, And we do a little bit of translating there, um, ask about the medications they're taking, their allergies, and just get their vital signs. We hand them off to an official medical interpreter when they get to the exam room with the provider. And then we're also available to help them check out of the clinic And get around to any other part of the hospital
1: um, where they might have another appointment that day. So do you find that um, patients are usually like receptive? Are they like what are their responses usually when you come to them and say like, oh, I'm part of this organization?
4: Absolutely. Um, So I would say nine out of 10 times they are so happy to receive our services. It's really nice to just have someone there by your side um, walking you through what's going on, explaining paperwork to you that you normally would just sign without having any idea what it's actually saying. Um, And a lot of times, you know, we we do help them gain access to so many resources, but we're also just a listening ear to, you know, accompany them, see how their time is going, see if there's anything that, you know, basic questions that they have that they just can't ask anyone because they don't have that way to communicate with people. Um, People are very, very happy to have someone there and to have a little bit of help in the hospital.
5: And I just want to add that those families that do say no thank you, um, that's not a negative thing. You know, that might be a really great experience for them, a time for them to feel some independence. Um, It might be a really personal health issue that they just don't want to add anyone else to. It might be a time for them to practice their English or maybe Spanish is their first language, but they are pretty proficient in English and they don't need our help. So I think we get a whole lot of gratitude and a couple of no thank yous, but it's great um i think we're really well received in the hospital
0: so what are some challenges you've faced while doing all these things
4: that's a good question or has it been smooth
0: sailing
5: (laughs) (laughs) i think there have definitely been some challenges
4: yeah absolutely um i think
5: mm, so i think there have been some um experiences where you really so Most of the encounters we have with families, it's kind of following that pattern that I described earlier of check-in, triage, check-out. But there are some experiences where you are helping with things um, that are not, they're very not routine. Um, I've gone down with families to the emergency room before. I've called providers, I've called schools um, for families, and I think it's those things that are the biggest challenges and the most out of my comfort zone because that's where you feel like i'm not reading from a script i'm doing what i can to help this person um and i'm really you know trying to find out the answers it's the, the times when you don't have the answers and you say i'm going to look for a resource for you i'm going to figure out how i can help you i think that's the biggest challenge
1: so along with those challenges i mean especially like you mentioned like there can be some really stressful situations like say when you're going to the emergency room with these people um how do you sort of prepare your other volunteers for situations like that where they have to be pretty quick on their feet?
4: Absolutely. Um, I would say in the trainings that we do, the orientations that we do, we run through a lot of scenarios with them. Um, You know, say there's a child who's there who is like, I can do it. I can, you know, talk to my family. And you just want to explain to the family, I know they can do it, but we're here as a resource. We have some resources your child may not have. And, you know, your child should just be a child today, and that's okay. Um, I think just, you know, explaining who we are, what we're there to do, um, and just letting people know, I guess, that these are patients and they're people and these are their lives, um, and just having a very humanistic aspect about it, um, and letting them know it's, it's different than a lot of volunteer services because these are people at their most vulnerable, you know, these are their children in the hospital and they don't really understand a lot of the time what's going on because they don't speak the same language. So just um, having people come in with that open mentality of, you know, I'm here to help you in any way I can. I'm not here to judge you. Um, I'm just here to be a resource for you.
0: So for people who would want to get involved in this, can is it only for UNC students or are you outside of that?
5: No, all volunteer positions at UNC hospitals, as far as I know, are actually open to students from any school as well as community volunteers. And so we have a really great team of Carolina students, um, students from community colleges around the area. We've had students from state work with us before, too, as well as adults in the community. Um, And I think that's something really great about our program, because all these people bring a different, um, you know, different skill set and a different set of experiences.
0: And so we were talking about the challenges and the good things that y'all have been doing. What are some things that you hope to accomplish this year? And what are some things that you'd like to improve?
4: So we're actually expanding to a lot of different parts of the hospital, which we're very excited about. Um, we're going to be taking on roles as women's health educators in a program called Ready, Set, Baby. So it's um, they're actually reaching out to Spanish-speaking moms. Um, moms all over, but, you know, we were specifically approached to help Spanish-speaking pregnant mothers um, and give them advice on lactation skills and breastfeeding and general postpartum care um, after they have their child. So we're really, really excited about that expansion and starting to work with some moms and future children.
5: We're also looking into expanding into the inpatient floors of the hospital um, and doing family rounding. So going around to the rooms and helping connect Spanish speaking families with the resources available in the hospital, as well as going into a primary care clinic. Um, And that will that work will focus on navigation, you know, helping translation in the clinic, as well as looking more at um, goal setting and identifying social determinants of health in um, patients' lives.
1: Um. And personally, I'm a social work major, so like this is really interesting to me. Um, so once, like a lot of the times, like to like if it's just like a routine checkup type thing, you don't really have this issue. But if it's more of a like long term stay at the hospital or an emergency like situation, what is you got? What what like what is the organization's role in sort of having people have a plan in place for once they leave, like in terms of setting up resources, um, appointments for when they come back, like things like that. Like, do you if you guys have a role in that at all? What is that? So
4: our our primary role is to be in the outpatient specialty clinic. So you know we're m- much more so working with um, patients while they're in the hospital. So more so than while they're outside. But what Holly was describing, um, our role in the spe- in the primary care clinic will be looking at these goal setting worksheets. You know things people can do in their everyday lives to be healthier: eating two healthy meals a day, um, exercising three four times a week. You know. Just simple things that, you know, maybe people just don't know that these are goals or or, um, things that they can do in order to
1: implement healthy behaviors in their lives. That's awesome. And so obviously you guys have worked with the organization for a long time. Um, But what are some positive experiences that you personally have had when working with people at the hospital? I think for
5: me, um, I think you always hear that doing – things other than um just providing directly providing medical care but that all the other factors of providing health care are super important and super impactful and you know i believed that but i think i really um really started to feel that and experience it for myself that the work we were we are doing um you know we're not directly saving lives but i think hearing people's gratitude um and just having a chance to interact with all of these really um, just cool and important people, the patients who come in to the clinic, um, has really shown me how you can have an impact on a person's life um, and a person's health in more ways than just the direct provision of medical care. And so I think um, for someone thinking about going into the health field, I think that's been really impactful for me personally.
4: Absolutely. I'm in the exact same boat. Um, I went into college thinking I was going to be a doctor, came out, Thinking, I want to go into public health, global health, and this has been a wonderful way for me to have direct patient contact and feel like I'm making someone's healthcare experience more positive um, without doing the actual providing of the medicine. Um, we have met, we have wonderful patients who come to our clinic every single day, um, and they're just—they're scared. They just—they just want to make sure their child's okay. Um, and being able to just be a listening ear um, and help those families in any way we can, it just meant so much to us. Um, and, uh, you know, we hope to the patients as well. Um, building that sense of belonging and community in a place where, you know, in this political environment, a lot of Latina families just don't feel like they have a place in in the hospitals and in, in everyday lives, Um so just making people feel at home and feel welcome at such a vulnerable time has really meant a lot to us. What's been something that you didn't expect going into this project? Hmm. So Holly and I have been really lucky. Um, we worked on a purple belt project, which it's a it's a year long um, process improvement program. It's um, through
5: the Lean Six Sigma for all of you who are really interested in process improvement out there. <laughs> Ooh,
4: supply chain, exactly. <laughs> Love it. So, um, that was a wonderful project. We had no idea we were going to be a part of, but we ended up partnering with interpreter services, volunteer services, and occupational health services to streamline our onboarding process for new navigators. Um, and it just gave us a wonderful outlook on what the actual um, process is to get patient, to get volunteers in the hospital, in the clinic, working in a bilingual setting. Um, you know, we found so much waste in our process and of onboarding that we had no idea was there. And we got really lucky both times we did big onboarding, um, at the beginning of our semesters, we ended up getting 45 new volunteers over this past year. Um, when, you know, the, the original program coordinator was only able to get, you know, 25, 30, and this is from hard work that he did, but you know, he had no idea that there was a way to streamline all of this. Um, so that was just really incredible information that we had no clue we were going to gain access to. Um,
1: and then the two of you are nearing your, the end of your time like at UNC and are about to graduate soon. What do you hope to, like both of you seem to have in your academic careers, have like your foot in the health sector what do you hope to do in the future um whether it's in your personalized in your career to sort of stay connected to this organization or be doing work similar to it
4: absolutely so I'm hoping to go into global health um and I I've known ever since that uh, I got into like thinking about what my career would be that there's three things that really matter to me medicine the Latina community and children those have always been like my saving grace um, and so when I found this program, I knew that it was somewhere I belonged. So I'm hoping to go um, into the Peace Corps. And whether or not I'm in a Latina country, um, I will always, always be propon- a proponent for global health, for helping um, underserved communities gain access to health care. And I'm from Chapel Hill. Um, I was born at Yancey Hospitals. And so whenever I come home, like, this is a program that I will always check in with, see what I can do, see what resources I've gained in the world that I can bring back to help our volunteers. Um, so I'm a junior, so I'll be here
5: next year, thankfully, um, (laughs) not ready to go yet. So I'm really excited for another year of working with the organization. But I think after that, um, I will, like Nalini said, really want to stay in touch with the organization as much as I can, but also, um, I think take the skills and like values that I learned from this and apply it to, um, my future career. So right now I'm thinking about, um, going into primary care and I think what working with Carolina Conexiones has taught me is how important it is to focus on families um, and how important it is to identify the things outside of just those biological factors of um, of health that really contribute to a person's health. So I think that, um, you know, in looking at the Latina, Latino community, um, that language is huge. So I'd really like to be able to um, to use you know, being bilingual um, to help serve other people in the future, keep focusing on families as a unit that's really, really um, impacts the health of patients.
0: And our final question for you What's something that you've learned over the course of working here that, or something that has come to your attention that you wish everyone knew pertaining to your work or pertaining to the people that you work with?
5: Sometimes I think people have this idea that if you are volunteering in a hospital, it's so sad because you're working with patients and they're all sick. And, you know, we're specifically working with a population who has this specific language barrier. Um, you know, different populations all have their own barriers to healthcare. care. But, um, you know, I think something important to keep in mind is that these are really like vibrant people. And um, like, yes, they are going through. Um, some tough health situations, but I think something that we're reminded of daily when we see, you know, these patients, these pediatric patients playing in the um, waiting room or just having conversations with families is that they're so dynamic and that, um, you know, it's been really a privilege to learn, to get to speak to people, um, not just about their health, but, um, you know, just to have conversations and connect with people as people. So I think that's something to keep in mind that um, they are patients and we love helping um you know smooth their medical care but um they're people and we love them for that too.
4: Absolutely. I think I just took away from this that no matter what you're interested in what like sector there's always 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 a way to help other people using the skill sets that you've learned. Um you know in college we go to these classes and we join these clubs but oftentimes you don't actually get to implement a lot of these things that we're learning. Um, so just finding ways in your community, you know, you don't have to go far um, where, you know, we live in a, a, a pretty privileged community, but, you know, there's just ways you can help someone always. Um, and I think just like going out of your way and finding those, volunteering is one of the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, I will always volunteer. And I think it's just a really important thing to do to help out to people who need it. I think going off of that, too,
5: um, we do kind of live in these college bubbles and, um, you know, I. For the first year or two in Chapel Hill, I thought of Chapel Hill as UNC. And um, this has really shown me that our communities are so much bigger than just the people who we go to school with. And that's really important to see.
0: And so do you have any final words for our listeners? And could you tell us how to find more information on you or how to contact
5: you? So um, I'll start with a contact. If you're interested, you can email Carolina Conexiones at gmail.com. Um, And final words, just um, thanks for listening. And we're really excited about, um, you know, how we've been able to interact with the Spanish-speaking community at UNC Hospitals. And um, we hope that you all are just as excited about um, volunteering and working with different groups as we are.
4: Yeah, and you can check out our website as well that one of our exec members worked really hard on making, um, CarolinaConexiones.web.unc.edu um, and yeah, thanks so much for listening, y'all. Um, just do your part in serving the community. It's really important to just get out there and you know realize that everyone faces so many barriers that on an, a day-to-day life, we don't see. Um, so it's really just important to get outside your bubble, like Holly was saying, and just serve others. Thank you all so much
0: for coming in. Again, you've been listening to WKNC 88.1 FM Raleigh. My name's Sarah uh, no, my name's not Sarah. My name's Fionn. My name's Sarah. <laughs> and my name's Nalini. And my name's Holly. Up, coming up next, we've got a piece from, a story from Switchpoint 2016 that really helped kickstart this show. And then later we've got the NC State Cypher coming in to freestyle for us and tell them what they're, tell us what they're all about. WKNC 88.1, that song you heard was from Jesse P called Remus Femininas." Coming up next, we've got a story from Intra Health International's Switchpoint Conference that they put on last year. I was lucky enough to attend that with a press pass for WKNC, and we've had all this material from last year. We want to share it with you because it had a huge influence on me in coming up with the idea for this show and guiding me through what I want this to look like. The conference itself was inspirational, so I hope you enjoy this.
4: Six fine Six fine Six fine I money day Ayelelele money day Oh I I
0: The day started with a bang Or rather a tap Jabu Grabiel, a 14-year-old tap dancer from Pittsburgh, North Carolina, kicked off Switchpoint 2016 by dancing his way down the aisles and up onto the stage of Haw River Ballroom. This attention-grabbing performance was a perfect opening to the fifth annual Switchpoint conference, which was produced by IntraHealth International, a Chapel Hill-based global
6: development NGO. Tessa's Switchpoint is uh, unusual things, people, tools, or ideas colliding with each other and, and hopefully coming out with something even better.
0: That was Heather Lagarde, the Senior Strategic Partnerships Advisor of Interhealth. She's also a co-owner of the event's venue. The Hall River Ballroom, restored from Saksikaha's historic cotton mill, sits riverside and features spacious high ceilings and decorative artifacts that stay true to the venue's industrial roots. Swishpoint has grown
6: since its inception
0: in 2012.
6: So over five years we've had about 250 speakers. This year we had 66 of them. My awesome job is to go find the heroes that I admire all over the world and convince them to come here, which I love. And to see them all meet each other, interact, and then imagine what kind of collaborations can come out of it, what kind of partnerships, um, that is just totally rewarding for me. While the conference focused on public
0: health and humanitarian efforts, it covered a wide range of topics and was certainly not limited to public health experts and medical workers. I spoke to Pop Guy, CEO of Health, about the interdisciplinary nature of global health.
6: There is room for everybody in uh, international development. Um, and You can say that for global health, because if you have this vision of global health, and you can say it's not medical, it's not just public health, it's there's room for everybody. So it's, if you have the passion and the drive uh, and the desire to contribute, you will eventually find this space.
0: Pierce Freelon, an artist, professor, and social entrepreneur from Durham, welcomed participants on the first morning of Switchpoint.
6: In the face of huge and serious
3: topics, global health, disaster relief, environment, equity, Technology, economics, epidemics, then virtual reality, humanitarian innovation, social entrepreneurship, and artivism. Switchpoint focuses on the joy of unusual collaborations and on great ideas pouring out of fantastic minds from around the world to help promote greater global good.
0: The two day gathering did not fail to deliver. With its engaging and unconventional programming, Switchpoint lived up to its reputation as a groundbreaking unconference. Switchpoint 2016 was comprised of over 25 stage talks, 21 microlab sessions, field trips, interactive games, live performances, and endless opportunities to connect with innovators from all disciplines. The speakers came from all over the world and spoke on a wide array of subjects. Each presenter shared their experiences working on practical solutions to pressing real-world issues. For example, there was Jaspreet and Hansdeep Singh, not brothers by blood, but in spirit. They co-founded the International Center for Advocacy Against Discrimination, or ICAD, in order to combat structural discrimination and increase access to justice. ICAD assembles teams of lawyers, data scientists, universities, and other resources to help women, girls, and other marginalized communities navigate their legal systems.
6: Now, Jasreeth has, has talked to you extensively about the barriers that women and girls face. When you look at the totality of the home, it becomes clear that a multidisciplinary, multidisciplinary collaboration is essential. To address the intersectionality of systemic discrimination so simply put what does that mean simply put if our goal is to achieve systemic change it will require us to move beyond and look beyond the legal arena for solutions for us it's always been about why violence occurs against women girls and minorities and our belief that challenging systemic discrimination is essential
7: to the prevention of violence globally.
0: Will McInerney, a freelance journalist and producer at NPR, delivered a riveting spoken word performance about the importance of storytelling and poetry.
2: I'm going to hopefully change the way we perceive and understand and use poetry. I'm here today to talk about the strategic use of poetry to create impact in the world. Poetry can make you feel warm and fuzzy inside, yes. Poetry can be aesthetically beautiful, yes. That is not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about why does poetry help us understand the world, and how can you use poetry in your organization, and your life, to be
3: more impactful.
0: Bonita Nanziri came from Uganda and founded AfriGalTech her team designed a program to turn any basic phone into a tool to diagnose sickle cell disease.
4: So you may be wondering, why should I think of MDEX? 1. Lower costs. Because we can't afford the HP electrophoresis machine for every, every health facility in Uganda, we think that using available resources to create solutions that benefit the masses is a good option. And then it's mobile. I don't need to be... I don't, I don't need to have an electrophoresis machine carried from one place to another or a microscope that uses electricity. Yet in the villages we have no electricity. And then you don't have to be a blood expert. All you need to, to be about, all you need to know is know how to prepare a blood slide and know how to use your phone.
0: On March 22nd, about a month before Switchpoint, NC legislature passed House Bill 2, later to be known as the Bathroom Bill. One piece of the ordinance ruled that individuals must use bathrooms pertaining to the sex stated on their birth certificates. This provoked outrage from the LGBTQ community and its allies due to its discriminatory implications against transgender individuals and the secrecy by which the bill was passed. Grayson and Tina Curran from Raleigh, North Carolina discussed their response to HB2. It's
1: three blocks, our house is exactly three blocks away from the governor's mansion. So one night, I again had an idea, and I thought it was going to fly. And I said, Tina, what if we
7: got all of our friends to buy air horns, as you see here, and we surround the governor's mansion with air horns, and we play them until they run out of air. Uh, I
6: thought this was a great idea, so I made a Facebook event immediately.
4: We hoped for 20 people. I think we ended up with 150.
0: The passion and innovation demonstrated by every speaker was inspiring and their insights provided attendees with a base of supplemental background knowledge with which to jump into the microlabs. Microlabs were interactive breakout sessions which allowed participants to connect with speakers and other attendees. Some of the microlabs were facilitated group discussions on topics like the future of humanitarian technology. The challenges and lessons learned through collaboration between public and private sectors and human-centered design thinking. Other sessions incorporated hands-on activities, including a puppet-making and poetry workshop, an interactive vasectomy lab with Jonathan Stack, who founded World Vasectomy Day, and a tour of a mobile prototyping space known as Betavox, during which participants could try out an array of the latest technologies, like speed of thought materials and 3D scanners. The first micro lab I attended was a mentoring session, during which I had the opportunity to meet one-on-one with four Switchpoint speakers for 15 minutes each. I was able to speak with UK-based Ben Sims, the CEO of Tropical Health and Education Trust, and with Natalie Africa of the UN Foundation. Tropical Health cross-trains health workers across 30 countries in Africa and Asia. Ben shared with me the challenges and benefits of sending workers from, say, the UK to hospitals in other countries which have fewer resources. Natalie had shared the stage with Pfizer's Jackie Conde earlier that day to discuss corporate social responsibility and the UN's sustainable development goals.
5: If we really want to achieve the goals by 2030, we need to count on everyone, not just governments. We need businesses involved, we need every person involved, and that's the only way we're going to achieve sustainable impact
7: and accountability, because accountability is key.
0: Natalie explained the ins and outs of her job with the UN and offered me words of advice regarding potential career paths. On the second day, I attended the Communicators and Connectors Microlab, during which we discussed driving action through storytelling, creating effective dialogue to minimize misunderstandings, and the impact of word selection.
1: One thing I wanted to share, Brittany and I were talking about this a couple days ago, but I wanted to throw out this idea of like the ethics of storytelling. Storytelling is like one piece of communicating and connecting um, but I think that, you know, thinking back to playing J to today
5: with Teddy yesterday and some of the really deep and, like, important and uncomfortable points, I think, that that talk raised. Um, you know, when there's an impetus to tell a story in order to get an action, or whether that's, like,
4: donate or feel really sad or click this or do that, um, where are the ethics in that? And like what happens to that person whose story is being told? Because it's a really, that's a part of it, right? Like between the subject and the storyteller and the audience, it's a relationship that's really difficult or delicate.
0: Teddy Rouge revisited the topic of word choice during his outro for Switchpoint.
8: And we had an honest talk about terminology. All of you have at one point or another used the term in the field. Who hasn't? What a saint. (laughs) Let me ask you this. Am I in the field? I'm an African, an American. Am I in the field? Are you in the field when you're in my country? Guess what? We're all in the field. Because we're trying to make humanity better there is no office and field, it's just one planner.
0: Listening to the input of people with knowledge in such a wide range of disciplines was inspiring and highlighted the importance of interdisciplinary thinking in problem solving.
4: Yeah.
0: The most valuable and exciting part of Switchpoint was the creative and enthusiastic energy brought forth by all in attendance. Everyone was friendly, open, and mingled freely, speakers and participants alike. I never felt intimidated or unwelcome in approaching people. Even the times between structured activities and stage talks were filled with collaboration and learning opportunities. Al Strong and Party Illegal provided entertainment and set the mood with their music while attendees enjoyed lunch. Walking across the grounds of Haw River Ballroom, one could hear energetic conversations between innovators discussing everything from potential future collaboration opportunities to whether or not coding would be relevant in the near future, to swapping ideas and advice on current projects.
8: To have a conversation, so as you sit around and you're laughing and you're drunk, we hope that after you're sober, you can really confront that sense of (laughs) self-satisfaction. and have a conversation with yourself, but coming to terms with the fact that maybe your intervention is the problem.
6: That
0: was Teddy Rouge, speaking about his work as founder of raytree Tree Farms and Jaded Aid. I sat down with him during lunch and got to further explore the concepts behind his work.
8: So the concept really behind it, as, as explained in the talk, is to really bring uh, forward uh, some of these underlying conversations and, and cynicism that, that's really inherent in the development field. I mean, uh, we understand a lot of these people that are here are well meaning people working in a really diff- difficult uh, industry, and a lot of it is very much constrained by bureaucracy and um, a white savior complex, really, to, uh, to be honest. And we Asked people, you know, when we played, you know, uh, Cards Against Humanity, and we're like, you know, these issues are very much, you know, similar in the development. What if we narrowed the game down to this field of um, uh, humanitarian aid and then focused on that?
0: Not only was I able to learn from and interact with people I likely wouldn't have met otherwise, the connections I made felt authentic unlike some made it uptight and formal networking events I'd attended in the past. Heather Lagarde called it alchemy.
6: Just really like synced up super well. So uh, that and now seeing these two days and then seeing all you guys come in and how you might inter-network with them is just, that's, we keep using the word alchemy because we believe in it. Like I just think there's some magicness of the combined creation of people who want to do something good for the world in a space together, making it happen.
0: Heather wasn't the only one who found people to be the highlight of Switchpoint. Throughout my two days in Saxapaha, I spoke with several individuals about their passions, what brought them to Switchpoint, and their thoughts on the conference.
5: It's, it's fun being with just such a passionate group of people. like. I go to a lot of conferences, I go to a lot of gatherings, convenings, and this group seems to want really actionable information that they can walk away and do something differently as a result. So, as a speaker or presenter, it's nice to have a
9: group that's hungry for information. Yeah.
1: It's so real compared to other conferences. Um, you interact with people in a way that seems genuine and not self interested. You know, everybody's interested in the problem, they're not interested in getting a job, they're not interested in learning about. Um, you know who to talk to at USAID. It's very it's very problem focused and focused on what can we do to address this pressing challenge in the world um, without regard for um, for the interests of our own organization um, and instead with a focus on genuine connections.
0: Personally attending Switchpoint was an event of intentional serendipity that changed my career goals and worldview. Jessica Colasso, co-founder of Brave Venture Lab, discussed the role intentional serendipity played in shaping her career goal as a digital humanitarian on the first day of the conference.
9: Serendipity is the aptitude
4: to actually stumble upon ideas, great concepts by luck. But in intentional serendipity, you work it out.
6: You make the serendipity happen. At which point, Heather is making the potential sensitivity
0: happen. The issues and innovations I learned over the course of these two days opened my eyes to a world I'd never known before and changed my life for the better. Katherine Cheney inspired me to dig deeper into issues and to focus on potential solutions when faced with a problem rather than being disillusioned by bad news.
5: I also gather journalists in the San Francisco Bay Area where I'm based and we discuss what more we can do to cover responses to social problems, as rigorously as most of the media tends to focus on the problems themselves. This is probably a dynamic you get frustrated with on a daily basis.
0: Teddy reminded me to stay present and conscious of my actions, and to question the efficacy of solutions, regardless of intention. All of the amazing speakers inspired me to think creatively and to consider the connections between seemingly disparate issues. I'm already looking forward to next year's Switchpoint, and would recommend the conference to anyone. No matter what your background or career goal, you're bound to leave Zaxapaha with a brain full of ideas and a heart full of hope. With that, I leave you with Teddy's words from the closing ceremony of Switchpoint.
8: Ladies and gentlemen, how many of you listened to my talk yesterday? How many of you are? In- then I didn't do my job. (laughs) The important things that we need to accomplish in life, the most important things that we need to accomplish, that we will ever accomplish, always sit right outside your comfort zone. How many believe that? If it's easy, you wouldn't be here.
6: Right? If it's easy, you would not be here. You're here to do the tough things. You're here to accomplish the tough things in the
8: world and to make the world a better place. All of that sits outside your comfort zone. That's why you're here. To try to do it better. And I'm here to push you into your comfort zone. Outside your comfort zone. It's not comfortable for me to sit here and tell a room full of do-gooders, you're the problem. Is it? Does it feel good to hear that? Yeah. How about you want to beat the crap out
7: of me? <laughs> have you any idea the kind of work we do?
8: <laughs> but I want you to leave here feeling empowered. Feeling that yes, you have important dialogue that will lead you to question your very existence because that's important. Because you need to be present in everything that you do. Because your presence in my community means something. As much as my presence in your community means something.
0: Here's to doing it better. Hope to see you next April. My name's Fionn and you're listening to WKNC 88.1 Raleigh.
3: Ideas retreat until you flick the switch and get the point Invent a joint venture Engineering ointments Bringing projects to projects People are not objects Progress takes community Forget the profits The conference, better yet, we gather as community Art plus activism Come together beautifully The conference, better yet, we gather as community Art plus activism Especially when we chillin' up (laughs) at
0: That story you just heard was about Switchpoint 2016 conference, and what you're hearing right now is Taha Arif on the going on. Uh-huh. You don't see me, but I'm bobbing my head right now because Taha's chilling it, and he's here. He's here for the NC State Cypher. I'm trying to not talk with the beat, but I can't help
7: it. You're so,
9: you got to join Cypher.
7: Hit it, Anderson. For the NC State Cypher. God dang it, I'm tired, but I still spit fire. I can make Lil Yachty retire. I am, I am that good, and I'm not good. But that's all right, so all good. And in fact, nah, it's all great. I got great neighbors. That's all safe. No idea what I'm saying. He's playing the pan flute. Man, I'm freaking slaying. Yeah. Got no buzzwords. But I'll say cuss words, we can still rap on the radio and I'd be edited. I can keep repeating myself to be repetitive, but I don't give a crap because I can still grab the frickin' microphone and knock out rappers like it was a frickin' sedative. Ah, nice. Nice.
0: Thank you, guys. Woo! So, <laughs> woo! The NC State Cypher, stick around because they're going to be doing some more live performance for us. But first, I want to introduce you to Kanchi Gandhi, who is working with Sarah and I on this new show, Oak City Move which you're listening to right now? So hello, hey Conch. Conchi put together the story you heard before that sick beat that Taha <laughs> laid. Um, And she did that so quickly, and she's been doing so much work for us. She did our graphics, and Conchi, will you introduce yourself and tell us about some background on you?
9: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a junior here at NC State. I'm studying graphic design. I've been with WKNC since like my freshman year, and always been wanting to work on a project similar to like this um, just like elevating the voices of people who might not normally have a say um, in their community and just getting their stories out and so I think like radio is a really amazing way to uh, elevate those voices and allow these people to be heard and um, I was really excited to work on the sound design for that piece and some of the feature ones that we're doing um, with the graphic design um, I feel like some of the outlets for creativity is like limited when it comes to this stuff. So it's always nice to find these different areas um, that I can get involved in. And working on that switch point piece is also really nice just because um, I decided to go back and listen to all of those talks. Those are all also like available on YouTube. I don't know if we had mentioned it, but um, that whole conference is there. And a lot of the points that they touched on is really important to me as a designer. Um, Just the idea of not wanting to specifically change behavior, but focusing on like the good that people are already doing and giving them the tools to um, keep those behaviors and trigger change that way. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to be involved with this.
0: So as a graphic design student, career-wise, mm-hmm. I know I've talked to you, you know, off air. I mean, Kanchi and I have been friends since high school. It's been probably yeah. five or six years now since we first met. Mm-hmm. And I know recently you've been talking about doing graphic design. As related to humanitarian work, mm-hmm. could you give us some background on that?
9: Yeah, so it's definitely like it's definitely a field out there, like design for social innovation. Um, but oftentimes, it's difficult to um, implement those, and especially like now in undergrad. Um, so I'm always looking for ways to focus more on like design thinking and design research to come up with sustainable solutions. And I think the best way to do that is to listen to people not only in design but in all of these different fields of health and politics um and this conference at switchpoint that fion went to i think touched on a lot of those points and i'm hoping to if it's not like specifically career i think there's always opportunity to work on the stuff like on um the side also like these sort of projects
0: and if you're just tuning in you are listening to wknc 88.1 this is a brand new show it's our pilot show it's called the oak city move and if you have any questions comments song suggestions, or structural suggestions about things that you'd like to see from us, please reach out to us. You can call 919-515-0881. You can email us at oakcity at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us or check out our Facebook page. Everything is just Oak City Move. The story that you heard before Conchi came in was about a conference that I went to last year, put on by IntraHealth International, and really inspired some of the things behind what we're doing with this show we are aiming to be solutions focused we want to focus on the people who are doing positive things in the community and uplifting people and that's musicians and organizations and individuals alike so if you know of an organization or a person or an artist that does that for you please also let us know so do you have any what what do you want the people to what do you want people to get out of this show
9: um and mm -hmm. what sorry and what do you
0: hope to get out of this show as well
9: I'm hoping to, um, I think, come up, um, learn about more ways to level with people who might not have the same beliefs as I do, and get on their same page. Like I feel like a lot of the times, especially now, um, it's easier to just kind of disagree with people and um, not exactly like see their point of view. And while I don't think it's necessarily like always like the best to um, like like sometimes you know this is probably not the like, type of person that you can get through, but a lot of times it is somebody who, if you just took a little more time and tried to understand their point of view, you could um, maybe change some views or opinions. And so I think just learning more ways to engage with people and promote that dialogue is what I'm hoping to get out of it. And I hope other people also look more towards um, promoting solutions rather than just focusing on the problems that are existing.
0: Thanks for talking to us, Conchi, and thank you again so much for all the help that you've given us. Of we could not have put this pulled this thank together so quickly without cool. you. Uh, and if you want to check out Conchi's work or like any of our things, you can check out again our blog or our website. We'll be posting the podcast as well as the Switchpoint story and crediting everybody who's going to be on the show. Uh, before we cut to the the NC State cipher. Every week we are going to be going over events that are happening in the area that relate to cultural, cultural, um, what's the word I'm looking for? starts with a C. Cultural competence. Competence. (laughs) Cultural competency and spreading cultural awareness. um, uh, Philanthropy, charity, anything that you can take action with, and learning opportunities. And we'll be posting all these events on our blog. Hope to see you somewhere sometime this next week. And hope you tune in next week. We'll be here every Friday from 9 to 11. My name's Fionn.
1: My name's Sarah.
0: And we've got Kanchi Gandhi here, who's also going to be doing the show with us. And our guests, we've got NC State Cypher. Hi, guys.
7: Hello. Hello.
0: Would you introduce yourselves for me?
2: My name is Taha. My name is Anderson. And we like to rap.
0: Yeah. So give us some background on what NC State Cypher is and what you, the significance is of it to you. Of it.
2: Come August, the Cypher will have been. Um, have reached its seventh birthday in August. And so essentially it is a weekly gathering of people who come from all across the triangle to practice, you know, freestyle slam poetry, freestyle rap in a open forum kind of setting. It allows people to share and exchange narratives. It allows people to understand various perspectives that they've never might have been exposed to. And it also enables people to kind of work through their um their personal issues that they have within themselves and kind of hear themselves work through their own problems until they get to um, a place where they feel content and happy with their talent that they've gained as well as all the achievements they've made in their life. Um, you want to talk about the history, Anderson?
7: Uh, yeah, sure. <clears throat> yeah, it all started, um, like you said, almost you know seven years ago uh, by by a rapper named Mike Live. And they basically Mike Live came and was going to shoot a music video and um, uh, in the free expression tunnel. And, uh, you know, basically just, just, uh, they, they started kind of freestyling in the tunnel and, uh, made it a weekly thing. Um, I came about two years, uh, after it started. Um, but I've, you know, been going, uh, every week since, uh, we started, you know, one in Chapel Hill, uh, one at ECU, one in, uh, Asheville and then one in Appalachian. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been kind of cool spreading that, Kind of movement. I mean, the whole idea obviously is kind of just around, like you were saying, it's, you know, it's around diversity of ideas um, and it's just free expression. And you know, I think in college, in college, it's, there tends to be kind of an echo chamber effect where, where you can, you know, just hear like one perspective on, on different issues. And, um, you know, there's people of, you know, all different races that come out from all different walks of life. You know, uh, the majority of people, I would say, aren't students um, they are at least rapping. And so you get to kind of hear, um, hear people express themselves and, and kind of talk about their lives that kind can talk about like a life that um, you know is, is is foreign to a lot of people you know for me I grew up in, in Raleigh you know inside the Beltline so I came in um, you know with without knowing much about other people's cultures and the cypher has been a huge um, way for me to get to know uh, you know people who are different than myself but then you know rap is something that I think unites everybody the be- which is really special.
2: The beauty of it is, though, that we're just talking with style. It's not like we invented something new. We mm-hmm. are doing what c- civilizations of humans have been doing for <laughs> generations. So, I encourage you know people in the car or people at home listening right now. You know, when you get some time, just start talking and kind of dis- you know start trying to freestyle poetry and you'll be surprised some of the things you say and obviously you know you're not gonna just start out and be saying ridiculous well-articulated prose and lyrics and limericks it takes practice to be able to feel comfortable to the to the point where there is no delay between what goes on in your head and what comes out of your mouth so we hope to showcase that for you today and uh, we encourage you all to practice at home kids do try this at home
0: (laughs) So we are hitting it's eleven oh three. We are hitting the top of the hour and usually the I Love Lucy show would be coming on the Psych Rock Show, but unfortunately the co-hosts are not able to make it. So Oak City Move is going to keep running through into the eleven o'clock hour. Usually we're just nine to eleven, but that's our first show, so we're gonna keep going. <laughs> yeah. But take that Lucy. We're going to <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to have some More discussions with NC State Cypher, a little live performance from them, and then reflect back on what the show has been and what we hope it's going to be. So you're listening to WKNC 88.1. The time is 11.04. We're back. You're listening to the Oak City Move. My is Fionn. I'm here with Sarah, my co-host, and the NC State Cypher. They'll be doing some live performances for us. And before the break, we were talking about the the importance of being able to put your voice out there and some of the, the background of what NC State Cypher is. Thanks, Taha, for that sick liner. No
3: problem.
1: <laughs> no problem at all. So before the break, we talked a little bit about um, the kind of work that Cypher does and the... Um, impact music can have on social issues. So I guess this is a question for both of you, but what are some social issues that you personally or Cypher um, has a hand in or is really interested in or passionate about?
7: Uh, you know, I, I think one of the things is, you know, obviously free expression and the, and the freedom of ideas. Um, I, it's a, the thing I love about the NC State Cypher is that it's, like I said, it's, it's a mix of, of, of races. Um, you know, I went to a private high school uh, where I was, you know, almost all white kids in my, my class. So, coming, you know, it was not a culture shock, but it was just, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a way for me to kind of get immersed in that, that culture. And it, it taught me a lot and broke down a lot of stereotypes that I was kind of raised up believing. And so, I really think that, that you know, race relations are, are so tense right now. I think there's a lot of students at NC State, um, you know, who might come out, you know, like me, who kind of have those, those preconceived, you know, stereotypes about people. And they come out and they see that, you know, not all people who rap, you know, are rapping about, you know, drugs, money, women, all that stuff. I mean, there's people who really have, um, you know, I mean, we're, we're, we're very similar in, in, you know, many ways. And so that's an idea. And that's kind of that's kind of a um, a concept that I think the Cypher does a really good job of conveying um, that you can't get anywhere else, you know.
0: I'd like for you to elaborate more on that, that culture shock concept. Like, you know, when you came here and some of those... Some of the ideas that were broken down for you and what that was like for you.
7: Yeah, I mean, um, um well, can you, can you, sorry, can you, can you, can you repeat the question?
0: <laughs> yes. Um, I'd like for you to come back to you mentioned it was sort of culture shock for you coming mm-hmm. here and like growing up in a community where you didn't have, you grew up within a mostly white community and you didn't have as much insight into other cultures. And you explained coming to state as sort of a, Culture shock and breaking down some of the stereotypes and biases you may have had before. Can you mm-hmm. speak to that experience and what it's what it was like for you? Yeah,
7: um, I mean, you know, most of my most of the, the people I hang out with on, on a on a you know, or at least communicate with on a consistent basis are all people you know from the cipher and from the from the rap community. Um, yeah, you know, I've been to we go to their houses, you know, and, and hang out. we we'll, we'll, we we do a lot outside of the cipher as well. Um, and so, uh, it, it gave me a much more diverse group of friends and, uh, you know, it, 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 like I said, it taught me that there are so many similarities between people, um, you know, the transcend race. Um, and there's a lot of stuff people say, come out to the cipher and they say that I don't agree with. Um, but I respect the crap out of them for, for, you know, having an opinion and, and stating it. And so, I mean, we all come from different walks of life. Um, but the cipher is a way for everyone to come together and share something common, um, which is for me has been something that I couldn't I, I didn't get growing up and it's given that to me in, high, in, in, in college.
0: And, and you mentioned the kind of the, the tension that's been going on in our country between communities. And so as someone who, you know, may have come from a place where a lot of people haven't been exposed to other cultures, mm. what are your words of advice to people who want to bridge these gaps? What's the best way to approach this tension?
2: Don't be afraid to ask questions. I think a lot of times people are afraid to ask questions in fear of offending people. And, you know, it can get annoying to be asked, you know, like very simple, uh, or not simple, but questions that you think, questions like say you were talking about the hijab before Sarah, right? To us Muslims, it's like common knowledge but to somebody else, it's a completely different concept. So please ask questions because, like you said, education is the key to solving these issues. Yeah, Ask away. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, I would definitely uh, have to agree with that. Like we said earlier in, um, today in the show, the best way sort of to approach um, people that are different from yourself is just to, of course, be respectful um, and mindful of the topics that you're dealing with can t- sometimes be sort of sensitive topics or um, – you know, have to be approached in the right way, but definitely, like Taha said, asking questions um, and listening to to what other people have to say and what their opinions are on various subjects because you may come out with new ideas, with a new perspective on um, whatever the issue is at hand.
7: Yeah, you know, after the um, after the whole, you know, group me fiasco here. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and
0: actually, people might not know what that is. So do you want, they've called it group me gate. And Sarah, do you know? I don't even know what it about is. That?
1: Yeah, I kind of know a little bit about it. Um, do you want to describe it for us? So, GroupMe is an app that a lot of students here at NC State and at other colleges use um, to communicate um, with, like, for different clubs and um, within classes, you know, for assignments, things like that. And so, to summarize, essentially, what happened was that um, a few racial slurs were used um, in the derogatory ter- and derogatory uh, terms and things like that were used. In, um uh, two different group mes um, and students I mean obviously took offense to that so
0: there was a uh, there was a group chat within group me for a specific for a group of students yeah. and there had been a lot of racial slurs thrown around for a pretty extended period of time and then they added students after those things were said but when you get added to a group you know you can see everything that everyone said mm-hmm. and um, there were questions of whether or not that was intentional because you know, there, there were some hateful things on there. And so the students shared screenshots of what they had said because they did get added to the chat. Yeah. And, you know, everyone came in and there was a really heavy reaction from NC State. Mm-hmm. The other side of that, and we discussed this in my uh, debate or argumentation and advocac- advocacy class uh, last semester, which was an awesome class. Highly recommend it to any students who are listening. <laughs> if you need a communications um, GEP, it was a great course. But we discussed both sides of that. You know, there were questions of group me. If you're in a group message, you know, everything that you say should be protected. But at the same time, when we're saying things that are hurtful to other people, and you're in a venue where we're in a world where everything you say can can be screenshotted. So there was a debate on whether or not that was okay for them to do and whether or not it was okay for them to be punished for the racial slurs that were said there. And in the end, you know, NC State really can't punish someone for something that they say on their group messages. Well, so we, that's what happened.
7: And the thing that really kind of got me is that, you know, some of the people that were involved in that, they, they come from, you know, kind of my type of background. You know, a few of them went to, you know, my high school um, and, 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 and stuff. Uh, and so what was disappointing about that obviously is, is kind of seeing that there is a lot of subtle racism um not even subtle just just racism that goes behind people's backs and i remember you know talking to some of the guys you know from the cypher and they were kind of explaining to me that they were it, it's it's troubling for them because they don't know who these people like you know because they, they these kids will never say this type of the stuff they said in the group me out loud to to, pe- to just anybody but that's you know that's the stuff they they joke about and that's the stuff they they um, you know stay behind closed doors and so that that kind of taught me that and and i I firmly believe that people who who hate another group of people just don't know anybody from that group or maybe they', they they've seen one person who's kind of just, you know a you know a jerk or whatever but I think if you come out to the cipher it, it would it'd be hard for you to come out to the cipher consistently and and have a lot of racial anger towards a certain group of people
1: yeah um definitely going back to looking at both sides of it um while definitely what the what the th- the things that were said in the group me we definitely weren't warranted and not not really acceptable, but at the same time it goes back to an individual's education about different groups. So I mean there are people, I mean that don't understand why using certain language and terms is offensive to certain groups. So I think that just goes back to the thing we've been saying over and over. Um, today is that you really have to listen to people that don't come from a similar background as yours and then you will start to understand where they come from when they um when they are sort of you know not as receptive or don't really uh approve of the kinds of language or actions that you take
2: and if you're a minority that definitely applies to you too yeah more than more just as much i think because you know it is our job to make sure that everybody feels equal so now a lot of people you know like the silent majority there's a reason they stay silent because they get scrutinized for saying comments which are controversial um we need to listen to them too and uh, that's something like you said listen 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 so. Definitely.
0: so coming back to cypher was there a point in time when you really felt like you had reached a, a breaking point in your music Because for me, I am so uncomfortable (laughs) with freestyling and really putting music out there. Was there a turning point for you? A moment where you were like, wow, I've learned this? I think it was,
2: for me, it was when I realized that I was not just like looking forward to getting to the cypher, but looking forward to rapping. And it's not like I would remember anything I ever said after that, you know? But I just felt truly liberated within the center of the cipher where I am free to say anything I want within reason and nobody will pass judgment. And um, I think the moment I realized that the cipher, the center of the cipher is where I feel completely free. That was when I began to, you know, try to write some of my lyrics down or try to, get other people to freestyle as well and just try to engage people in what I had found to be like a truly
7: great way of dealing with stress. Yeah. Yeah. I started with, with, with rap battles. Um, then I moved into, you know, writing and recording music Then I moved into making beats. Um, you know, then I came to college and discovered the the cypher. Um, so when I first started going to the cypher, I started, I would just rap stuff that I'd already written in the past because I was way too scared to freestyle. Um, but then you run out of stuff that you've written eventually after, you know, a year. Um, and so I don't really have a choice but to freestyle. And doing that, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, you know, it's you a know, very freeing experience. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just, that's how I kind of got into it. Call in if you want to hear Fionn Freestyle.
6: Mm-mm, mm-mm.
0: <laughs> but if you do want to call in uh, with any comments, questions, suggestions, or shoot us an email, you can call 919 515 0881. Find us on Facebook at the Oak City Move, or you can at us on Twitter. We also have an email it's Move at gmail.com. And so I'd love to hear some of you guys' music. And actually, shout out to Sarah and everyone else who's been on the show. No one else has like, been, except for, I mean, except for you, but Taha and Sarah and, um, the Carolina Conexiones girl, uh, women, but um,
1: strong, <laughs> <Drunk>, sensual <laughs> women. <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: no one else has been on the radio before, so and never, you've been doing so well. Like Sarah has been a clear interviewer with some great questions. Thanks. You're listening to the Oak City Move. We've got the NC State, some guys from the NC State Cipher here, and they are going to be doing some freestyle for us.
7: How about you call out words in one of the microphones? Yeah. And I'll just, I'll just, I'll, I'll rhyme with it. All right, here? Right. Yeah, I'm ready. Cataclysm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Celibacy. No, no. Saying it's, uh, it's cataclysm. I'm a monster. This is savage living. You spit average riddance. Kansas. Kansas. I'm breaking through the canvas. There we go. Thank you. Gosh dang it. Sorry. And we're wrapping up on the canvas, or campus. Gosh dang it. Cats cannot stand us. Destiny. Recipe. Rest in peace. And the rest of me. Okay, let's just go a cappella and beat
2: Bucks. How's that sound?
7: Yeah, sure. We can do that.
2: All right. Yeah. We are not silent. Okay. We are not reliant. You see, we walk this earth as if we are the Iron Giants, but never did another person ever dare to look to be defiant. You see, we must be the Iron Titans. No, do I dare to remember the Titans, because this is no quarterback ready to hit it straight from the line of scrimmage. I'm asking for you to stop getting into so much scum of the earth. You see, these problems are so petty. Why do we dare to prioritize those who are pretty? You see, we must get down to the nitty-gritty and really evaluate the realm of this personality. You see, it's not Miss Congeniality who will change the world. It's the woman behind her who has to listen to Miss Congeniality hiss and purr and ask for people to... Whisper words that should really be said out loud and proud, correct or not? Am I di- too direct or not? Am I really trying to introspectively intersect these words that I say with no coming of correct? Mm-hmm. I'm just asking for the purest of corrections, spitting it right here. This is a lyrical connection. Did you ever dare to take a direction? Did you ever dare to take a stance? All
7: right. Broken, like the nose on Owen Wilson. The way that we kill it, honestly, we surf past. I mean, we should be billin' Yeah, this is dope, we should be dealing. I don't really give a crap, I mean, we ain't making a living. We sitting up here, we sitting the radio. You're sitting high, high, play very low. Ain't loving you, fake MC, so we rapping on the radio at WKNC. I mean, that's just how we freaking do it, we're a weapon. We can on the mic and say screw 97. 897.5 Nah, I'm not dissing anybody. That's alright though. Uh. You done? Yeah. Yeah. You want me to keep going? Yes. (laughs) Keep flowing. Uh Same phone lines. Homie, I do this on my own time. Yeah, we still really tired. And we spitting fire. And we spittin' fire. Jim Carrey Wirewire. Didn't think that was a great movie, I don't really give a crap. I go ahead and spit far to call it Christian rap. The weather's so over your head, it's kinda like a halo. When he the beat, now me and Ty gotta lay low. Gosh dang it. more still really dope. Well bigger than J-Lo. Ah, and I don't really give a crap week we still go in. Beyonce seven twins. She put up that really weird thing on Instagram. It was dope though. I'm an instant fan. That's not an
3: account. I don't care. We still mm-hmm. you just said, but that's right we, we never We're the the top. 8 I don't, I don't care. Yeah, we got control got we're board. We're going in, like the in, in the shooter. You the We the
7: Chowing in. I don't give a crap, homie. I'm sicker than a Somali and it's really freaking
3: sick. It's really sick.
7: Really sick. Really hard. We go hard like Waka Flocka, flame up on the boulevard. Yeah, they sayin' say Waka Flocka. Say it, Waka drop you.
2: But are you ready to get dropped? Oh my goodness, are you sharing it, not share cropped. You know me,
3: I don't really care for crop tops. I care for women kind of modest. Spitting it right here, well, you know I'm all that honest. You would never dare to get it moving like plate tectonics. I am just moving like this is Tetris. Put the block in the hole and that's I'ma run this game. So happy that people never dare to run away. Why did you ever say spitting lyrics is just kind of... Lame, it really ain't. (laughs) I got spit in the back of my throat. Let me cough. (gasps) Get my breath back, and now we running off, oh baby, now what did you just say you could wish for when society just wants to, uh, press you into a ditch, yuck, itchy, never did I dare to get so quick when the resty all would rip it, I said, honey, did you dare to wish for something better, I said, Pum boom, 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 right? boom, boom, like, I don't care, homie.
7: I hate
3: the like. Pro, yo. Oh, my God, i i a i don't really give a i mamma nom 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 the nom 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 no, nom nom the woman no, woman nom nom the woman nom 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 woman nom 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 Did you ever even dare to speak Spitting happily on this day That is just kind of bleak I'm a freak when I hit the mic every day Hey Is that too much or too little? Maybe kind
2: of brittle Oh my goodness, I'm eating peanut brittle In a car like I'm Stuart Little What you got, Fionn?
0: Bring it in, Sarah Drop the beat, (laughs) Todd Ah, no! (laughs)
1: Uh. Goodbye
0: We're listening to the NC State Cypher Uh, Some people from it.
1: What is your role? role
2: Anderson's the president. I'm the treasurer.
1: Count the money. Dollar, dollar, bill.
3: Dollar, dollar, bill, yo. But money is just an object. Frick it. Uh, Uh, Yo, welcome back to the program, white boy going crazy, I'm the rap Wednesday Lohan, yeah, and I ain't crashing no Ferraris,
7: I use Google Chrome, I hate Safari, that's alright though, it's an internet, internet explorer, I love Bob the Builder, I hate Bob the Explorer, I'm explorer with explore explorer, homie. That's dope. I got really old, like, mom or dad jokes. Like, your mom, your mom is so, so fat. I took a picture of her, and I got sued by Kodak. But I don't care. I guess that, that could be disposable. I went and grabbed a like You got skills that ain't growable. Like, every single person knows that we're That's why we're the topic of every dang discussion. So you can go ahead, get your feng shui right. We rearrange the game, and we rapping on Monday nights. That's up. Uh, that's how we do it. Overlord, we would and grab a freaking mic, a pirate going overboard. We go ahead and walk the plank. But you give us the pen and we freedom riders. I caught a Hillary swank. I mean, we still going in, we still going hard. I killed the rappers did the get well card. Man, I went ahead and got it up there from Hallmark. You say you went and cross the line, well, homie. That's a false start. So go ahead and come back. Homie, it's like tennis. It's all love, but I hate it like I hate going to the dentist, but I still be flossing. I still be t These rappers lost a lot of weight. homie they Rick Rossin. I don't give a crap. I'm coming. Not straight out of comp, but up there up at Raleigh where you know that we'd be ballin'. We be going freaking crazy. Like really, really crazy. Ever since I was a kid, so you can call me freaking Macaulay. I be I be doing this like it was more talking. I'm blowing up. Finish lines. That's Boston. So you wanna go in. well rappers, they're gonna go soft, and I don't give a freak. Fucking crap, We're loft and we're freaking Kenny Loggins. When you up there in the danger zone, I can go ahead. I'll run into a stranger's home, high-five them, run out. They don't know what happened. I start spazzing. They're like, gosh dang, is that white dude still rapping? Like, he's still doing it. We could go all day. I'm freaking crazy when I rap, homie. I'm Kanye. Go ahead and get that. That's the life of Pablo. I've been spinning so hot.
8: Gosh dang, we have young Diablo. You
7: can go and get. That could be Picasso. I run up on your family, and your mom knows that I go boncos or I go berserk, I go up to school, but I treat it like work, so we still go win and win, you go ahead and beat told you we would go, homie, we ain't gonna detox, so if you really wanna be doing that, you really wanna be doing that, and you start in a match, and I guarantee that you'll be losing that, so go ahead and keep it, and we just keep on bouncing, so we be bubbling up like soda in a fountain, I don't go crazy, go Going crazy. I like JC Penny, but I still rock it. Old Navy, Goa, ahead uh, and get it. Homie, that's the army. You wanna go against us? Homie, you can too. So still going hard. Even though it's the morning, I can still get up on the microphone and yeah that's what we destroy and we just freaking chips ahoy and yeah, we got a lot of chips. Homie, I don't give a lot of craps it's the radio, because you can't cuss, but that's all right, because we get up on the mic, and then we adjust, but
3: ah, I don't even know what you're doing, bro, but that's all right, I still keep it cool like Coolio, so if you really want to
7: be doing that, you call that two L's, but I'm not because I never took two L's, bro, That was Cool J. Whatever. That's Kojo. I don't really give a crap. I got more mojo than Mojo Jojo. That could be the Powder Puff. We rapping in an hour long. I don't give a crap, homie. I got the shower on and it's still freaking running. Like I don't care about water. But any MC come against me, they're going to get slaughtered. So we just keep it going. Yeah, we got that rhythm. Chris, soldier boy, Chris Brown, homie, I'ma go and get him, gosh dang boy, we get it in, I'm focused like Ritalin, if you wanna beat me up and NC come to Michigan, I still
3: beat you up in any single freaking state, and I mean that like metaphorically, like I won't actually
7: like hit you in the face, but like stop, still go in like lyrically and I kill your self esteem, but you can go get challenged homie, that's that like Krispy Kreme, and you can get a dozen, cause I'm saying we hot now, so I can make a pothead, put the freaking down. Like, that's just how dope we are, you still not focus me. I don't give a freaking crap, you're so boring I go to sleep, every time you rhyming, I told you every time you rhyming, I'm like, I wish you wouldn't talk to me and just start miming, like,
8: I could
3: start reclining, up in a recliner, I could do this up in, like, Denny's or a diner, I feel like I'm finer, I'm a real deep, dope rhymer, you all sound the same, that
7: could be, like, future and designer, I got broads in Atlanta, And I could get a panda. And when I was little, I liked watching Hannah Montana. But that's between you and me and the audience. But I'm still a nerdy kid. I think that that's obvious. But we still... Nice. Nice. Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you so much for coming in, guys. Yeah, guys. Uh, Reintroduce yourselves.
7: Uh, Anderson. Taha.
0: And we are going to go to a quick break. But you've been listening to the Oak City Move with the NC State Cypher be right back. Were to the WKNC 88.1 Raleigh. That song you heard just now was from Cooley High. It was called Dear Raleigh. I love that song because, I mean, it's relatable. We're we we go. We're on NC State's campus right now. For those of you who don't know, this is 88.1 and it is the NC State's campus college radio station. Yeah, you've been listening to the Oak City Move we are going to be here every Friday from 9 to 11. And I'd like to reflect on the show. It's We've been here since 9. And I'm my name's Fionn, and I'm here with Sarah Darwish. Hey. And we are also working with Kanchi Gandhi. So far, we have talked about why we're putting on this show, given some background. We spoke with Carolina Conexiones about some of their work. They translate for families who are... Who, who speak Spanish at hospitals so that they aren't signing, signing anything that they don't know that they're signing, you know, helping them understand medical procedures, that kind of thing. We've had NC State Cypher come in, talk about their backgrounds and freestyle for us. And we shared a story from IntraHealth International's Switchpoint conference last year, which really kicked off the idea for this show, even though I didn't realize, didn't realize it until about a week ago.
1: Yeah, we covered a lot today. Also, I want to kind of give a quick shout out to uh, Senator Jay Choudhury. He was listening uh, to 88.1, tweeted us, and said that he really liked our show. And we really appreciate appreciate that, considering that it's our first time around. So if you have any comments, concerns, or recommendations for music or people that we can bring on the show, you can contact us at oakcitymove at gmail.com or at our Facebook or Twitter pages.
0: You are just tuning in. Oak City Move again, like Sarah said, this is go- our first show, and what we're focusing on is a um, we're trying to take a solutions journalism approach to to North Carolina, and we want to highlight all the the positive people and the people who are working on making an impact in the communities, especially when they're based in North Carolina. Um, we're going to be bringing in different organizations and individuals and interviewing them, trying to talk about some of the the steps that they've taken, and what they're doing for their communities. And we are also going to have musical artists come in, and we want to showcase songs uh, in between sets that are inspiring, have an, have an empowering message, or come from people who has overcome obstacles to put their music out there. Thinking back on how the show's been, how has it lined up to what you were expecting, and can you reflect on it?
1: Oh, honestly, it went above and beyond what I anticipated, especially for our first show. Um, this is my first time doing radio, actually, so I've had a great experience today. Um, like Fionn said, we had a bunch of people come in and talk to us today and perform. But really, honestly, I think that all the things we've done today um, in their own special way have encompassed the values of Oak City Move and what we want to accomplish with this show. I mean... We had Carolina Conexiones, sorry for the pronunciation too, I don't speak very good Spanish, um, but they came in, they told us about the kind of work they're doing and what they're doing to help the Latinx community, um, especially through the UNC hospital. Um, we had Cypher come in and they talked about specifically at NC State, um, the power of music and how it can be a medium for people to express themselves um and express um, ideas and issues that are going on in our community. And then we had that switch point story from Conchi, um, which really talked about the inspiration for this show. Um, for those of you who weren't uh, here for that, it sort of covered a conference that Fionn went to about a year ago that really um, encompassed the morals and the values of Oak City Move. But yeah, I'm super excited um, based off this first time round. I'm really looking forward to the weeks to come. Ah. Beyond, um, what was your favorite part?
0: When we ran the Switchpoint conference story that, so I went last year and I got all the material. We have had all the material we had to put together, but Conchi really cleaned it up and made it something else. And so I really enjoyed listening to that. And it, it brought me back to last year and really made me reflect on this past year and how, how so much has changed since then and how much of an impact it had on me, even though while I was there, I didn't realize it was going to have that changing influence on me.
1: Yeah. I mean, honestly, today has just been really awesome, but reflecting on different issues that go on in our community and just how they all tie together. I mean, because I think even when talking about different topics with each of the groups and segments that we had on today, it always came back to having that sort of self-awareness and being willing to answer questions and to listen to other people. And I think that's really what we're all about, just sort of tying together issues that go on in our community and how we can solve them. And the easiest way that you guys can all do that is just by listening to people who have something to say. Whether or not you agree with it is another story, but just having an open ear um, and an open mind is always really important in starting change.
0: Definitely. You, <laughs> is there anything else that you'd like to say or ask during this show?
1: I think I'm good. How about you, Fion? I am
0: good. It is 11.53 and we've been here for quite a while. If you missed any part of the show, you can uh, come out to our website. It's, you can go to Facebook slash Oak City Move, or you can check out our Twitter. It's also Oak City Move. We have an Instagram account. And we've got a website, which is oakcitymove.tumblr.com. Again, send us any suggestions, comments, questions, concerns, anything like that. We'd love to hear your feedback. And my name's Fionn.
1: My name's Sarah.
0: You've been listening to the Oak City Move. Hope you tune in next week on Friday from 9 to 11. Later. Bye.